Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. Well, I've always felt um, that Thomas got a bad rap, and I, I don't think, you know, I was thinking about this the past few days, I don't think, um, I haven't heard at least in a long time, uh, the words doubting Thomas, but those kind of became the words that were descriptive of St. Thomas and his doubt. But it's maybe it's an older thing, and maybe someday, like lots of older things, it'll come back. But, you know, to label Thomas as doubting, in my thought about myself, and you got to think about this for yourselves, I would do the same thing. I would, you know, I need to see this, friends. I'm glad you saw it. That gives me hope, but I, I really, I'm just that kind of person that wants to see it for themselves. So I have a hard time, you know, saying anything bad about Thomas because, and I think many of us would be similar. You know, we, it's better to see for yourselves. And of course he did. And, you know, he came to believe just the fact he was there before Jesus came says that he, he truly was a believer and a great disciple. So this week, I've been thinking about faith, and I would encourage all of us to think about faith. And there's probably many places, many instances where faith has somehow been kindled in our lives. But it's good to think about I'm thinking lately, so where did my faith come from? You know, what was the originator of that? And the more I thought about it, and I could probably go on and on about this. So my dad died when I was young. That was a real challenge to my faith, believe me. Not so much to my faith, and I don't mean to separate this, but I was pretty up unhappy with God. You know, you really didn't need to do that because it was not a good thing for our family, obviously. But, you know, in spite of the fact that I was pretty upset with God, eventually I got over it. Um, you know, it, it didn't really say to me or me say to God, you know, I don't believe in you anymore. I give up on you. I just, you know, it, that just never entered my head. And then my dad, because he died, my mom, who had, um, my mom never drove. Uh, she never worked. She was totally a homemaker. The AMP grocery store was right next to the post office where my dad was the postmaster. So she would give him a list. He would get, pick up, bring home the groceries. So she really didn't have any need except to go out with my father. And I think we were one of those families, and I'm sure there's other of them here. On Sunday afternoon, we, we always went for a ride um, somewhere. And my brother and I always hoped that we would end up in Brecksville, up there at the coach house, and because they had um, you know just wonderful, wonderful meals, and especially for two kids. You know, it was just great for us because it was family style. You could eat all that you want. So anyhow, when my dad passed away, my mom just amazingly to me, and, and I'm, what I'm saying here is what sustained her through all that was her faith. No question about it. You know, she learned to drive. She got a job. She sold the house that we were in, and we moved into an apartment, and it was a little bit different, but, you know, there was never any angst for my mother, never any you know, challenges or never any expressed anger with God, none of that. She she just moved on in her faith, and that's what sustained her. And that's what I'm saying. I think 
seeing that, experiencing that's what really kindled my faith as well. Just the way she handled things was just absolutely awesome. No question about it. And a real standing example of a woman of great faith. My dad had a sister. My dad also had something to do with my faith. Um, trying to keep this kind of short. So my dad was baptized, but he was never raised Catholic. Where And he had a brother in the same situation. But he had a sister baptized and completely raised Catholic. So go figure how that worked. I don't know. But my dad, whenever anybody called from church, especially the Monsignor at St. Mary's Naluria, and said he needed this or he needed that, my dad was there, okay? So every Sunday forever, it seems like forever, and it did at the time too, my brother and I were the only two servers who ever came, showed up for the 7 a.m. Mass every single Sunday. My dad would drive us every Sunday. He'd drop us off. He'd go to the store. He'd get his paper. He'd get his coffee, and he'd smoke his, I think there were camels that he smoked, okay? And he'd wait, he'd wait for us to, to be done, pick us up and take us back. If Monsignor called and said, I need servers for Vespers, because Vespers were like our Vespers today, Divine Mercy at 3 o'clock, my dad would go out and find us wherever we were, pick us up, take us to church, and then bring us right back to where we were before he picked us up. And what was fascinating is none of the kids out there with us, whether we were playing ball or sled riding, nobody ever said anything. It was it was just kind of accepted. So believe me, my dad was a man of faith, and believe me, that was an inspiration to me. His sister, the one who was raised Catholic, I remember very clearly during the Vatican Council when the decision was made to change the language of the Mass from Latin to the vernacular, so for us, Latin to English, uh, my aunt was pretty elderly. I wasn't sure how she might be doing with this. So I said to her, so how are you doing with the change from Latin to English? I don't even know why I said it, because you really didn't mess much with my aunt. But I asked the question, and she says, Walter, my faith is not in Latin and it's not in English. My faith is in Jesus and in receiving the Eucharist. And that's all that's important to me. And I really don't care what language it's in. Now, a great testimony of faith. And that's exactly the way she was. I mean, so I've had a wonderful number of wonderful people in my family that I think, I don't know, God planted the seed, but other people nurtured it. I had some wonderful sisters, Notre Dame sisters at Elyria Catholic and St. Mary's Grade School who were really an inspiration to me, although they probably didn't know it because I never told them, but they really were. In their own unique way, I admired them. And then the other source of just great faith and inspiration for me, and I won't go into this much, but it's it's just the saints. You know, I have always been particularly taken by the lives of the saints but most of all, by the lives of those martyrs. Those are very uh, intelligent people, very good people, very faithful disciples. And if they were willing to go the extra mile, and that really is more than the extra mile to give your life, that's a real inspiration to me. And a lot of the theologians we studied in the seminary, people that, you know, uh, my intellect is probably 10% of theirs. And if they can, through that, come to faith, that just helps me in my journey of faith as well to continue it. So I just encourage you this week, think about, you know, what was the the seed? Where were the seeds planted for you and for your faith as you're on their journey? And um, the words of the gospel for today, where Jesus said to Thomas, look, you believe because you see me, blessed are those 
who have not seen and yet believe. And my friends, that's all of us. That's why we're here this morning. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.